From the people who believe you can do anything because yesterday was easy. Lalo Tactical presents Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Hey guys, welcome back to Lalo Tactical Presents Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. On the show this week, I have a very special guest. He's a father. He's he's one of my great friends, and he is a former Green Beret. His name is Mike Rodriguez. How are you doing, Mike? Doing great, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know you have a, like a jam-packed schedule, but you know I I really enjoy this time we get to talk together. So, you know, for for everyone at home. <clears throat> kind of when I when I start these out, give a brief overview of your history, um, either professional, personal, mix of both. You know, just uh, kind of tell the people all about you. Okay, sure. Um, so my name is Michael Rodriguez. Uh, most people call me Rod. Um, I grew up in southern New Mexico, uh, and uh, I served in the Army for 21 years. And a lot of times I'm asked, hey, why did you join the Army and, and, and do what you did? Uh, well, really, my first heroes growing up were, uh, you know, we lived a pretty simple life, where, you know, with my family. Um, so my first heroes weren't necessarily comic book characters or any TV because we don't have much of it. Uh, it was my father, who was a Vietnam veteran, and my grandfathers, who, who both served in World War II. Um, so growing up, they were my you know, heroes and, and my role models. So, um, you know, that was pretty much, uh, you know, my, my drive or my, my, uh, azimuth direction, I guess, uh, to join the service, you know, and, uh, I was blessed with the opportunity to uh, join the army, uh, base training IT airborne school. Uh, shortly thereafter, I was like, seriously, I was like an 18 year old private, uh, got to deploy to, to Somalia. So it was pretty much uh, the litmus test as far as uh, if this is what I really wanted to do. Um, and I think my very first deployment kind of set the stage and tone for um, for me, you know, pretty much dedicating my entire adult life in service to this nation in, in the armed forces, you know, because I saw um, what, you know, firsthand as, a, as an 18-year-old uh, can see or really understand at the time, um, really what what, you know, the, the U.S. military is capable of. And, yeah, it's not always just hunting down bad guys, and we're pretty good at it, and I got very good at it uh, as my career progressed on. But it's a lot of it's, you know, helping people, uh, you know, sharing the, the freedom and liberty that, that every American really enjoys, you know, and taking it uh, across the globe. So I, I served for 21 years. Um, I was wounded several times, uh, but I was fortunate every time I got hurt or, or blown up. Uh, I was able to, to shake it off or take a knee and <laughs> face out for a minute. Um, and, 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 uh, for whatever reason, you know, I just kept coming back. I like to joke around. I'm like a roach, you know, I probably, I just, they could not get rid of me. I just kept showing back up, you know, uh, um, and I was an 18 Delta, so I was a special forces medic. So a lot of times when I'd get injured, uh, I would self-treat and self-medicate, you know, a lot of people were like, wait a minute, you got wounded in combat, but didn't tell anybody what, how people don't understand that. And the best analogy I like to, uh, you know, use so people really understand, you know, I'm not special. I'm not saying I'm, I'm some definitely not a hero. I'm not, nothing special, I'm no different than anybody, any, anyone in your audience or anybody in this great country of ours. Um, but I, the analogy I like to use so really people understand why I did what I did every time I got hurt was I want everyone to think about when they're just picture yourself as a child and you're having the best game of tag or best game of soccer or of, of your life. 
and you fall down and skin your knee. Do you stop playing? No. no. Every kid gets back up and gets back in the game. Uh, that's what I did. You know, obviously as an adult in, 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 uh, in the army, in, in combat. Um, but that's what I did. And if you ask any, any, any injured service member, any traumatically injured service member, if they could have stayed, they would have, they would tell you they would have stayed. And, and like I said, I'm not some unicorn. Uh, I'm not special. Uh, there are tens of thousands of veterans that did the exact same thing I did. It's just, you know, that's what it is. But, uh, for me, a lot of the brain injuries, uh, particularly started to add up and then, uh, I couldn't hide them any longer. Um, you know, my uh, traumatic brain injuries, along with post-traumatic stress, ended up catching up with me. And I was sent to uh, the hospital up in Walter Reed, um, where uh, I found out that there was a lot more going on with me than I thought. Um, and it pretty much ended my career. And they started medical retirement proceedings shortly thereafter. Uh, so that's kind of the, my Army career. And then post-service, uh, during my military retirement, I saw the... Uh, profound impact that nonprofits and veteran service organizations have on not just the fam the service members that are transitioning or going through medical retirement, but the services and, and, and uh, support that they provide to the family. So I started to volunteer with those nonprofits that helped me out, the very first of which was the Greenbury Foundation. Um, so I started volunteering with them. Um, because my uh, my wife was still active duty uh, at the time. Uh, my wife uh, served for 21 years as well. She retired this past September. So I was a, not only was an Army guy going through all that, but I was also an Army spouse. Uh, so I wanted to continue my service. Uh, so I started volunteering um, and giving back as much as I could. And then I, uh, what I really, I never really had the, the I didn't really want to start a not, my own nonprofit. Uh, nothing against anybody that did it. I just found nonprofits that, had a mission statement uh, and a vision and held to that mission statement and vision uh, uh, ethically, morally, and, and, and uh, financially. Uh, and I supported those uh, nonprofits. And then it kind of just grew into what I do today. Um, so um, I kind of built the ambassador program for the Green Beret Foundation over the past six years. Uh, and I'm, I'm one of two executive ambassadors for the Green Beret Foundation, which oversee all the ambassadors and, and, and a lot of the programs that they're running. They're doing fantastic stuff. Um, I sit on a, uh, a leadership board uh, about 18 months ago. I was asked to join a leadership board for the Global War on Terror Memorial Foundation, where we have a uh, uh, last year in 2017, if anybody can you know, fathom this, we actually introduced and passed a bill through the Senate and House, and President Trump signed it in August of last year, uh, allowing us to change the laws, saying that a conflict had to be over for 10 years in order for a national memorial to be built. Uh, that was the Commemorative Works Act 1984, and that was a great idea in 84, but we're in a multi-generational conflict right now. So we needed to change the laws to allow us to build a global war on terror memorial in our national capital uh, in Washington, D.C. So I sit on the leadership board for that as well. Um, probably, probably the lion's share of uh, my volunteer work is spent with uh, our 43rd president, uh, a man I call a friend, uh, President George W. Bush. Uh, so about two and a half years ago, I was selected to sit on his uh, military service initiative advisory council because President Bush and Mrs. Bush, uh, once they left office, they carried on a lot of the, the policy work and, you know, stuff that they did, you know, um, and they have, they have the Bush Institute and they have uh, three impact centers which focus on domestic excellence, global leadership and, and their engagement agenda. So, 
within the domestic excellence, they have several different initiatives, and the military service initiative is one of them, and he's dedicated the rest of his life to service of this, this nation's veterans. So that is an advisory council uh, that I sit on. There's 13 members on this council, uh, everyone from General Peter Pace, a uh, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal man. He was a chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff under President. He was the first Marine to achieve that level, uh, CJCS. Um, we have people like Joe DePinto, President CEO of 7-Eleven, uh, people from Deloitte, uh, Bank of America, some pretty, pretty heavy hitters, but he was pretty adamant about having uh, one of us uh, on this council. So for whatever reason, uh, I was selected to sit on this council with all these people. So I'm the 13th member uh, of this of this advisory council. Um, and it's, you know, obviously I had 21 years of service as far as medically retired. Uh, you know, so I bring that lens, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm also an Army spouse of 21 years. Uh, this is my wife retired, like I said, this recently. Uh, I'm also an Army dad. My son was in service in the 82nd Airborne Division, just got home about uh, two weeks ago. Actually, two weeks ago today. Uh, got home two weeks ago uh, from his first deployment to Afghanistan. That was his first. He's been in the Army about two years, but that was the 16th deployment for my family. Um, so that's probably the lion's share of I think, you know, within the council, that's uh, kind of a, a different optic I bring to, to those that sit on the advisory council. And um, I'm also involved with, uh, I get, I'm, I'm an artist, kind of. <laughs> I would say so. I would say that. That's, that's accurate. That's, that's pretty Yeah, accurate. I got into, while I was in the hospital, I got into uh, um, metal blacksmithing. Uh, well, not, uh, art therapy is really what I got into, and that kind of turned into, uh, after I got out of the hospital for four months, I got introduced to blacksmithing in a form of art therapy for me was actually making items, uh, forging it. I'm kind of a physical guy, so uh, that's kind of kind of where my, more of a commando functional art type of thing, you know? Uh, so hard, kinda, work, hard work, hard work, heat, iron, yeah, like, yeah. it just so all kind of comes together, you know? Yeah, so that's, so I'm also do some of that as well, you know? Um, you, Man, you undersold that. You need to jump in here. <laughs> you undersold the hell out of that. So, for for anybody who doesn't know, and you know, since you don't like to brag about yourself, I'm going to brag about you because I like you. So, for for anyone who doesn't know, Mike Mike makes some of these great. He he just makes some great items. Like, uh, you made a dagger that you presented to Prince Harry at the Invictus yeah. Games, mm-hmm. which not. Uh, probably nobody else can lay that claim or not very many <laughs> people know. can lay that know. claim. Maybe. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and not only do you get the chance to, to do metal smithing, blacksmithing, but you get the chance to use some very unique material in order to do this blacksmithing. <clears throat> right. So, um, maybe share with the folks at home kind of sure. some of these special projects you do. All right. Sure. So, um, Talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, okay. So, um, when I everything I've made, you know, I've been doing it about six years now. Uh, well, almost six years since I got out of hospital. Uh, so, I used it as a form of expression, as a form of art, because art has a power to tell a story, um, share a thought, share an emotion when words fall short or really don't exist. Um, so, when I make pieces, um, whether it's sharp and pointy or it's a cross or something or a pendant. Uh, a piece of me is inside of it, and and I'm telling a story about it. So I used it initially as 
a way to, to give, give them to people when sometimes thank you wasn't enough. So I started doing that, making things and giving them away. You don't really have a lot of the stuff I've made. So I gave them away, and then I started donating them. Uh, it was actually GBF. They're like, hey, would you donate these? We'll auction them. I'm like, auction? Who, who the heck's going to pay for this stuff? They're like, no, can you just donate some stuff? I'm like, sure. So I made a knife, and they auctioned it, and I was amazed that anybody wanted to pay any money for this stuff. Um, so that's what I started doing. Uh, yes. I've given them away as gifts or donated them for auction. And to date, I've never sold anything I've ever made, ever. Um, so <clears throat> about two, three years into me making stuff and donating them, uh, some of the, one of the curators of the 9-11 relics saw what I, he found me, saw what I was doing, and he asked me, he goes, hey, if I entrusted with you some, with some of these relics, would you be able to use them in some of your projects? Because uh, he knew uh, that I wasn't, I'm not trying to make money. You know, I'm really not trying to make money off of this stuff. It's just a way for me to tell a story. And he wanted to make sure that these relics were, you know, continue to carry the story of, uh, so those events will never be forgotten. I was like, of course. So I start. I was interested with some items uh, from, actually now I have items from all four sites, all four crash sites. Uh, I have North Tower Steel, South Tower Steel. I have uh, pieces of the Pentagon. Um, and I also have uh, some shale and, and uh, that was recovered from the crater from Flight 93. It was actually before it was bulldozed over. Uh, this guy was went down and collected some of the pieces. So I've been able to use some of those pieces in, in some of the relics, in some of these sacred relics inside some of the pieces that I've made. And I've donated them, and, and they they raised pretty good money. Uh, you know, I don't, I've never, like I said, I've never made a penny off anything I've ever made. And I'm, I'm shocked that what people, I, can, I, I like to joke, I can't even afford to buy my own stuff. You know, I, can, I can't even compete at these auctions. Um, so I donate some items and yeah, the, um, the very first dagger he made, and uh, I gave to president Bush. It was on exhibit in his museum. Uh, yeah. Prince Harry and some other people, you know, uh, yeah. have some of my stuff. Yeah. And, and not only like, not only is the story fantastic, but just, just the fact that, that it's such a, a unique bond between, you know, your, your years, many years of service and your family's many years of service and, and these pieces that that were almost kind of a sparking point for most people for for why they join now, it's it's not just the fact that it's you know North or South Tower steel or, or items from the sites or or the fact that you're a former Green Beret doing this, but it's it's a combination of the story and the heart and the effort that you put into it and and the end product that comes through it, and not, not only to mention like the craftsmanship and and everything else that you that you have with it, but Oh yeah, and I'm with you. I I I can't compete in those, but <laughs> the the stuff is beautiful. And and anyone who who uh, checks you out after this, because of course I'm going to tell them where to find you. Like you do put some of your pieces up on social media so people can right. see them, and they're they're just completely gorgeous. No, so, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's just I'm just doing what I can. I really I I really am just trying to do what I can and. You know, I've donated them. Um, like I said, I just donate them to 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 uh, not just veteran nonprofits, but children's charities as well. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, if it tells a story, and and, and speak to what you said about the the relics. Um, you're right. I mean, the, the the events on that day kind of defined a generation, and there's there's several um, because of those events uh, joined the service. I mean, knowing full well uh, that they were going to most likely. <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, deploy, 
you know, whereas uh, when I joined the Army in 1992, this was post-Gulf War, there, was, there wasn't really, we didn't know, you know, um, every generation has its conflict, so there's always something looming, but there was no, there was definitely we were not engaged uh, like we are today. Uh, yeah. So the, all those that did, you know, there was no shortage of stories of, of uh, patriotic Americans, like leaving, leaving their careers, you know, like, you know what, I need to do this. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty, uh, um, it's pretty, pretty humbling that, you know, I get to carry around some of these pieces and, and bestow them, you know, cause he, he entrusted me. So I entrust others. Obviously they're paying a pretty penny for this stuff. Uh, and it's going to help. Uh, I was like the last diagram of me is what it, like seriously, I I don't even want to say how much it auctioned for. I kind of embarrassed. It was kind of yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, <laughs> it it goes to support good causes, which which is you know how how things should be in the world. Like not not that you because it's not that you sold it and made money from it. It's no. It's that somebody else opened their opened their heart and opened their well by ipso facto you know opened their wallet as well, but open their heart enough to, to care about an organization enough to donate for it. No, so I, I don't, I don't see any embarrassment in that because you know, it's, it's a circular process. Like you were entrusted with relics that you in turn entrust to an organization who entrusted to someone who, who donates to the cause and, and makes life better for other people. That's, that's what's important. That's that continuation of service that you found after transition. And that's right. That's no, something I, to, I'm just humbled with the opportunity. I'll be yes. honest, and probably the most <clears throat> humble guy I've ever met in my life. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Like you've you've done so many very amazing things in your life, and and just the whole way, the whole way. Um, I remember, and I'll tell people about the first time I met you. When I met you, I was in a very bad place in my life. Um, not. Not that like I, I was like heavy into booze or into drugs or, or anything like that. I was still active duty and I just had a lot of things going on at the time. But I had never met somebody so humble. And you know, you you came on stage and you shared your your message, your your speech that you you've probably shared you know countless times. And you know, I was so nervous like when I walked up to you because you almost felt larger than life up on the stage. <laughs> and um. You know what? When I came up and I approached you, and we shared a conversation for a few minutes. At the very end, you handed me your card, and and on it you had your your cell phone written down. And you said, "If you ever need anything, please call or please reach out." And I, I think I took that card, I buried it in my wallet for you know four months, five months, and then I I one night I just hit a very bad spot. Uh, I I don't remember if it was like one of the nights where. I'm, my wife had been in the hospital or, or something like that, but I just hit a very bad spot and I sent I shot you a text message and I, you know, I just told you, I was like, I'm, I'm really in my feelings today. I, I don't know, don't know where I'm at. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know what to do. And you, t- you probably could have been busy in the forge or, or you could have been busy with your wife and your kids, but you took the time to respond back. And that, that to me was powerful. That, that showed me that you were more committed to service of your fellow man than than you were to, you know, self-service. And, you know, for, for everyone listening at home, I can't adequately express my gratitude. No, I, I think, you know, um, I, I appreciate you saying that. I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember meeting, you know, I remember that was, it was, I remember, I remember that moment, you know, you came up and talked, you didn't seem nervous. So I guess if you were, you kind of hit it well. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, really, I, I, I think you touched on a, on a, on a, a subject I think it's good, good for both of us to talk about now yeah. is, is service to others. You know, because really, um, I don't know why else I'm here. And I don't know why else anyone else is here. You know, sometimes people have to realize it's not about you. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I, I remind people constantly, like, sometimes it's not about you. It's not. It's about others. You know, and if you go through life, um, I'm not saying ignore what's going on with you by any means. No, yeah. like, definitely not. I mean, you have to take care of yourself because you're no good to anybody else if you're not good yourself. Yeah. You know? But when you, you, when someone is self-serving, um, they're actually, they're, they're not helping anybody. You know, they're actually making the world a, a, a lesser place in my opinion. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know why else we are here outside of helping others, you know, and sometimes, you know, that helping someone doesn't have to be like, you know, writing them a thousand dollar check or helping them move, you know, or whatever. Sometimes helping someone could be a smile, as simple as a smile, or when you're buying gas or picking up that, you know, energy drink at the store and you, you know, the, the, you know, the, you call the person behind the counter by their name. Hey, thanks, Phil. Have a good day. You know, you have no idea what that's going through, what that individual is going through. So I, I really think, you know, and I say think, I, you know, this is all my opinion. You know, someone can bait me all day and that's fine. Uh, but I don't I don't see any other greater reason to be on this planet than to serve others. I, You know, and I wake up every morning and this is no no BS, man. I wake up, I'm like, how can I make the world a better place today? And something is something as small as a smile. Um, but powerful, a smile, a smile can be powerful or something. It is, sometimes it is like, Oh man, I gotta wait on my buddy move. You know, I may not want to, <laughs> but my like, gosh, dang it. I hope, I hope everything's packed and I don't have to box this stuff up. You know, that we've all been there. Right. But oh, you just yeah. never know. Um, and, and, you know, I remember when you texted me, I remembered you I was like, Oh, Hey, how, how you doing? You know, and you're right. It's, it's all about priorities. I don't remember what I was doing at the time. I really don't. I have no idea what I was doing uh, when you did text me, but I remember. I remember the text uh, when we when we reconnected following uh, uh, following our initial meeting. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's all about priorities, man. You know, and I think when you place your priorities in people, uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be a lot happier. Yeah. I, I'd be a lot. I'm a lot happier uh, as an individual. You know, there's no greater investment uh, you can put in people. You know, what yeah. I mean, really, that's, that's the greatest investment. Is time is is your greatest asset. You invest your time in people, you, you, the, the greatest resource. Uh, hey, man, it's I can't. I mean, that's that's a win win in my opinion. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and you're completely right. I I I think that that in places the world's lacking that that commitment to others anymore. But you know, and it, it's refreshing to see somebody who's all about it. And, and of course, I know that everybody else appreciates it. But um, so, um, why don't we why don't we kind of switch gears a little bit? Let's talk um, a little bit about what you're what you're up to now, like what you're what you're kind of doing day to day, or, or some of the cool stuff you just got back from. I know you just got back from this okay. nowhere. So yeah, okay, yeah. So cool stuff I'm doing. Um, let's see. Um, well, before I 
before we got on this call, I was working on a paper. I'm also a grad student. I'm in grad school <laughs> on top of everything else going on. Nice. When I, when I, uh, about two years ago, I was like, you know, I need to, I need to finish my degree. So I, I, I finished my bachelor's this past summer and I'm like, let me get a master's degree. And not so much like I'm trying to go somewhere with it. It's just, uh, I have three sons, you know, two of them are still at home. And I wanted to show them that uh, there's always room for improvement. If you if you maintain if you're if you're a constant student, if you realize there's the world is has so much to teach you, and you'll never learn everything, uh, you're just going to be a much more well-rounded individual. So one of the reasons I'm in grad school. Um, let's see what I have coming up. Uh, well, let's talk about what we did. Let's talk about pre-shot show. Yeah. So <laughs> so October of last year, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, Charles Hall hit me up. He's a, a, a 18 Delta, another 18 Delta, fifth group guy. I was a seventh group guy. About, you know, we, good good friend of mine. He hit me up and he was like, hey, man, well, I'm putting together this event to help out Tomahawk Charitable Solutions. And Tomahawk Charitable Solutions is a is a nonprofit that I support. Uh, I don't work with them or, or I don't have an official position with them, but I, I wholly support them. Uh, um, they're good friends of mine, two, two, two good Navy buddies of mine uh, started this uh charity and you know I'm, I'm, if they give me a call i'm like roger that what do i gotta do so travis called me he goes hey do the thing for tomahawk charitable i'm like all right i'm in what are we doing he's like we're riding <laughs> motorcycles and i'm like ah oh man i don't have a motorcycle license he's like get one i'm like ah man you know i'm kind of like almost half blind right he's like don't matter i'm like all right man we'll figure this out so <laughs> what this was was called destination nowhere um and uh, the folks at Air 3, uh, um, Sterling, Sherry, and, and Jason kind of uh, uh, threw everything together. And we had some great sponsors with, with Magpul, Multicam, uh, Eagle Rider, Harley Davidson, um, Timney Triggers, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of other sponsors. Uh, Ryan Tech, uh, <laughs> gosh, damn, I wish I had the list in front of me. I feel kind of bad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> put together this thing, and what it was was a. Um, it was a charity ride for Tomac Charitable Solutions, and it started in Dallas, and it was the week prior to SHOT Show. So they were going to get a group of veterans and sponsors and, and some people, and um, <clears throat> so we all converged in Dallas. Uh, we flew in, I flew in on a Saturday, which means uh, uh, I, I told you I got that phone call in October. I procrastinated on getting my license. Uh, I got my, uh, my motorcycle license the Thursday before in January, first week of January, Thursday before I flew to Dallas. Uh, then we went to the Harley dealership on Sunday. Never rode a Harley in my life. Uh, <laughs> went to this Harley dealership, picked up oh, a Harley. That one looks good. Yeah, I'll take yeah, that one. Yeah, they're like, I'm like, uh, uh, they're like, get that one. Get the black one. I'm like, okay, I'll take this one. Um, picked up the Harley on Sunday. Um, the first stop we did was the group was uh, we went and got tacos. I mean, it's Dallas. You got to get some tacos while you're there, you know. The second place we went to was the Bush Institute. So I, I set up a, a special uh, exhibit uh, tour for everyone involved. Uh, at the Bush Institute, you know, the boss's uh, museum uh, on the museum side. Uh, so we could remind ourselves why we were doing this. Uh, why are we why are we doing this? It's, yes, it's going to be awesome. We're riding motorcycles, uh, 1,500 miles of SHOT Show. Um, but why are we doing this? So I thought it was a great opportunity to remind all of ourselves, not that everyone forgot or everyone was being complacent on the reasons why, but it was a good asthma check, uh, yeah. you know, for everybody and why we're doing this. Yeah, Keep mentally everyone focused. That, Exactly, give everyone that purpose, direction, and motivation, right? So we went through there. That was that was kind of so. That's really kind of where this the ride started um, at the Bush Institute, and then we kind of hit the road and uh, rode 
uh, we had several stops along the way. Uh, I had some events. You know, we stopped in Post Texas, stopped at the Cross H Ranch uh, with, with our good buddy Giles over there, spent a day on the range, and then we drove to El Paso, uh, had we run, in, had a, had an evening there, and then uh, from El Paso we drove out to Eloy, did some skydiving there, and then uh, from Eloy we went on into uh, we had a day at the Bear Jackson Auction Museum or Bear Jackson Auction. Um, and then the following day was when we rode right into Vegas. Uh, and then the day after is when Shasso started. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty, pretty awesome ride with some amazing individuals, you know, and I really believe if you bring some, bring some good people together for, for a good cause, you know, uh, fantastic things happen. And, and, uh, we ended up raising, I think it was $20,000, uh, um, for, for Tomahawk. So it was, it was a great event. Uh, I knew, let's see, who did I know on the ride? Um. There was, this was Travis and Sterling. Yeah, I knew two people. Okay. <laughs> Going into it. That's uh, good. But, like, that's, yeah, that's no, a veteran awesome. group of people. Like, I, I probably know maybe, like, one person in a, in a circle of people. But you end up becoming friends with everybody. Yeah. So, it was a great, it was a great event. Uh, you know, it was just a great event, great time. Um, so, that was, that was, uh, that Man. happened there. Destination nowhere. Yeah. So, that was the first year. So, we'll see. We're going to, you know, hope to, hope to, to grow it from there. Oh yeah, and and like by by all means, anybody go check out the the Era Three Instagram or, or something like that. It was phenomenal. Just the all the all the content that they got off the trip and and all the all the videos and stuff you see, it's just phenomenal. It, you can see that you guys were having so much fun together. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it, even though the riding conditions may have been a little bit questionable, <laughs> you know. It, it still it made for a very fun trip and and for something very fun for for everybody else who couldn't who couldn't go to watch it was it was fun to be a party to you know <clears throat> watching something that fun um and and that kind of that kind of leads um into you know what what kind of other stuff you're getting into cuz i know you know post shot show you're probably busy now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, still catching up on emails. It's 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 crazy, you know. The dust doesn't really settle for Shasha, at least for me. And I think I'm just because I'm slow. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm slower than most. Um, so I think you know it, it takes a couple of weeks to kind of catch up and refit and you know follow up with emails and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> so with I was at Shot Show this year uh, with CRKT Columbia River Knife and Tool, um, and they I've been uh, the past couple of years they they've been the ones that have brought me out there. And uh, the reason I'm with CRKT was because about I mean, we we'll talk we talked earlier about um, you know me making sharp and pointy objects right functional art. Well, about three and a half years ago, <clears throat> my very first uh, um, the guy that taught me blacksmithing, the guy named Ryan Johnson from RJ Tactical. About three and a half years ago, he asked me a question. He goes, "Hey, Rod, was there ever a knife you wished you had during all your deployments during your nine deployments?" Uh, <clears throat> that didn't, doesn't exist or you could design or is there a knife you had that you improve on? And it was easy for me. I was like, yeah, of course I, I there wasn't, they, I, I know exactly what he goes. Well, let's, let's make it. I'll, it's, can you make it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So with Ryan, we came up with it. And then he, he asked me a question. He goes, Hey, and this is when I was donating, you know, I was donating stuff. He's like, Hey, cause he's a designer for CRKT and CRKT does not have a design. Uh, they don't have, um, a dedicated, uh, design, uh, team you know okay. what they do is they find world-class knife designers whether it's ken onion ryan johnson bill harsey uh brian teague uh i mean i, I could go on with the the you know, Leung, Leung ma um 
oh man, Flavio, there's so many <laughs> phenomenal uh, knife designers that they, the world-class guys, uh, yeah. they use their designs uh, and that's, that's their design team. So it's like, it's a great, great idea. Right? Yeah. So they, it, it's hard to compete with really. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he said, Hey, would you, could I take this to CRKT? And I was like, see if they'd want to design it. And I'm like, me, I go, I'm, I'm kind of a nobody in the design world or knife world. Or I, I, I was like, uh, you think they'd make them? He goes, yeah, I think they might. I said, that'd be awesome if they made them and donated, you know, like I told you, I wasn't looking to make money. Yeah. So Ryan, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. You could make, maybe they'll make 50 and raise a little bit of money. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So he went to, uh, Rod Bremer, who's the president or, or he was the founder of CRKT, uh, at the time. Um, and uh, he was like, Hey, this is something you guys be interested in. And they, they loved it. Um, CRKT, they're a family business. They're, they're, they're a big little company. Um, <laughs> and they loved it. They're, they loved the idea, um, uh, but they wanted to do more, you know? So they're like, we want to do more. How can we do more? So they wanted, to, they want, they had a, a, a broader vision on where this project would go. So they wanted, we want more designers, you know? Uh, so it turned into the Forged by War program that CRKT has, you know, myself and Ryan were kind of the architects behind it. Uh, Ryan was the main point man for that, you know, cause he was the relationship he had with them. Um, and what this Forged by War program that CRKT has is they find veteran knife designers uh, that have, I mean, obviously it's gotta be a legitimate design, something they, they would want to make, you know, it can't just show up with a butter knife, like, Hey, will you make this? Oh yeah. You're a veteran. You get a free pass. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah, there's something no useful. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Help them from buttering bread, obviously. So what they did was they found some veteran, we, you know, myself and Ryan, we found some good knife designers, uh, or veterans that had these great designs and, <clears throat> CRKT makes them, but the beauty of the behind the project and the, was it, um, so it's kind of a two pronged thing as I approached it with a way to raise money, uh, for nonprofits or for charities. And it turned into the Fort Power program. And the way it works is it's two pronged, meaning, uh, that, that veteran is now an employee or they're a designer. So they're, they, they're on this laundry list of world-class knife designers, you know, it's just crazy to see my name on this list with all these other, like, you know, badass knife designers or, or designers, period, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that they, for every item sold, they get a portion of the profits. It's kind of an employment program, but the beauty of the project, at least in my opinion, is a portion of the proceeds of every sale of that veteran's design goes to that veteran's nonprofit of choice. Wow. And, and so within the first year, I didn't want to be in the first year. I mean, I know I kind of started it. I'm like, let's get some other people. Uh, I'll go in the second year. So I let some other veterans go before me, and uh, within the first year, two of the veterans chose, I'll give you an idea of how much money uh, they raised. Uh, so two of the veterans, uh, Elmer Rausch and Austin McLaughlin, they chose the Green Beret Foundation as their nonprofit of choice. Well, within, a, within uh, an 11-month period, because it launched at SHOT Show um, in 2016, um, within an 11-month period, Sierra KT raised... Uh, almost $20,000 for the Green Bay Foundation. And the GBF didn't have to do anything other than say, hey, look, this is what they're doing for us. Uh, and basically wrote them a check for almost $20,000. Wow. So that's uh, why I was at Sierra KT. I'm one of their designers. Uh, and every year, um, as the years progress, uh, you know, they, they, we have, a, we have a, a dedicated veteran design team now. There's, there's quite a few, there's a few of us. 
Um, <clears throat> so we submit designs uh, and CRQT, you know, they work with us on our designs and they make them and, and you know, um, it raises money, you know, and awareness. And really that's the beauty of it is it's raising awareness not only um, for, for veterans and what we're capable of doing, but, um, you know, for... Uh, for the for the nonprofits of choice really is is kind of how how it is. So I, I uh, so on this design on the on the veteran uh, forged by war team, um, there's we have a Vietnam veteran, a guy named Elmer Rausch. He's probably my greatest uh, the guy I've apprenticed under the most as far as blacksmithing. Uh, he got into blacksmithing for the same reasons I did as a therapy. Uh, he got into it in 1970 and been doing it since. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time with him and working under him. Um, um, we have, like I said, we have Vienna veteran, and then we have a lot of the, all, all the everyone else involved is so has served in the current conflict in, in some form or fashion. To include uh, one of my best friends, a guy named Jeremy Valdez. Uh, me and him were on the same ODA together. He designed a, a, a folding knife called the Septimo. Um, great design. Um, he designed that, and uh, my wife is actually a designer. She had 21 years in service as a combat medic, uh, and she's very proud to say she never served in a clinic, never served in a hospital. She's always <laughs> been it's always been in the front lines, you know. Nice. Uh, oh yeah, she. You always, yeah. uh, you always made the joke. She, she probably had more deployments than some, some dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. She does. It's, 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 it's interesting, you know, how much uh, combat experience my wife really does have. Um, yeah. So, uh, she's a designer. She designed a, a combat stripping tool, um, which is as an eighteen delta. I, I'm not gonna lie. My ego was a little bit hurt. I was like, holy <laughs> crap! Why didn't I come up with this? It's, a, it's phenomenal. I mean, really, it's, it's freaking genius, you know. And I was just like. Oh man, she beat me on this one, which is fine. We got a we got a very uh, very very competitive family. Right? I was about so, to say uh, you have a you have a very competitive household. I'm, I'm yeah. Sure. So she has that. Uh, it's a great tool, um, and uh, we've got some other designs coming. So I have a new design that we're working on right now, and uh, um, you know I don't want to let all the all the all the cats out of the bag. We got some other projects with some other. No, stuff that's good. On, so, that's yeah. good. You gotta you gotta leave something. You gotta hide something behind the curtain. Yeah, there's some, there's some, uh, we've got, we've got a pretty, got a pretty amazing designer coming into the program. So yeah, I I just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be good though. And, and it's always cool to kind of see some of the tools you guys have and, and, and what you've designed and, you know, I've seen your design and, and it's just, it was so fascinating. I I was just drawn in, you know, cause you're immediately curious. I'm, I'm not a combat guy. I was, I was never a combat guy. I was always on ships, but you know, um, given the chance, to to kind of look at the look at some of the the CRKT stuff, or, and it's just amazing. It's amazing what you guys can come up with. Yeah, mine mine was like purpose driven. Really, it's just purpose driven. So you know, I I, I my uh, exactly yeah my driven. my my um my knife through through my twenty one years, uh, what I carried progressed. Obviously, I used to carry everything from a big old scary ass Rambo knife, and then really as the more I learned, the more I realized, I'm like, man, like the M17 or the, was the M9, oh my gosh, I forget the nomenclature. Anyway, the bayonet weighs the same as a fully loaded magazine, you know? It's like, wow, that isn't, I'd rather carry 30 bullets than a bayonet, which I may never use other than a cut bailing wire. Um, so mine, what I ended up carrying towards the end, and it kind of it was somewhat the catalyst for my design, was a push knife. I carried the Benchmade, just a push knife, because I knew... 
uh, I don't consider myself an eye fighter, you know, and as a, as a combat leader, when you look at your task list of what you have to train for, prep your guys for, uh, for combat, uh, knife fighting is somewhere down there next to fencing and, you know, both <laughs> shooting with a bow and arrow and stuff, you know, nothing against it. It's a beautiful art. A lot of guys spend a lot of time doing that stuff and Hey man, that's good on you. But I just think it's somewhat irresponsible to shove it down everyone else's throat. So I carried a push knife. I mean, I, I, I grew up boxing. I, I boxed for a while, and I, I love combatives. I still train combatives. Uh, I'm not getting in the ring no more. I'm like, i, I got to protect what squirrels I got left upstairs, you know. <laughs> um, so no, I'm not letting anybody punch me in the head anymore. Um, so anyway, so I knew uh, I could throw a punch. Everybody can throw a punch. It's, it's, it's instinct. Um, some are obviously better than others, but it's instinct. You know, you're born with that natural ability to throw a punch. So I want to monopolize on uh, not only um, – Instinct, but anatomy, because it, it, with a with a closed hand and, and a tightly held fist, you're going to generate the greatest amount of force and the smallest amount of distance, and the smallest distance, as well as keeping your joints uh, and your wrist locked. Uh, so that's why I carry a push knife. You know, the whole purpose of a knife in combat, I consider myself a gunfighter. Uh, I'd spend more time on a gun range than I would in, in a knife fighting studio, you know. Uh, so uh, the whole purpose of that of carrying a push knife was to create distance between myself and whatever I had to use this knife on my assailant. Because if I ever found myself in a knife fight, I knew things went sideways. It was bad. So I wanted to have a push knife to either create distance between, you know, my target and myself. So I can either get to my secondary, or get my primary backup or until support arrives or I improve my tactical position, you know, but the issues I had with all the push knives was the second I opened my hand, um, to go to my secondary or do all that stuff I just mentioned, I've lost control of it. Yeah. You know, so with my design, it kind of has a ring on it. So you can still employ your secondary, get your primary back up or, or climb a wall or put your hands on it someone and still have it and control it. And if I need it, then I can just make a fist and start poking holes in whatever I need to poke holes in again. Uh, so you can use it with a gun in hand. You can, you know, and I'm not a murderer. If I pull a knife out and the guy gives up, well, I want to be able to put hands on them and flex cuff them or control whatever, you yeah. know? Uh, so that's kind of the, was the catalyst and Genesis, uh, really the, the, the whole entire Genesis of, of my design, you know, me being an artist, uh, of course I wanted to sugar skull it, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, taking, uh, uh, well of my heritage and in, in commando history. Um, so there's a lot of symbol symbolism, uh, in, within, uh, the actual sugar skull design itself that I drew sent to them and i'm really happy they did it you know nice. and and the fact that it looks like a skull is completely secondary to the design it was it, i didn't design a knife around a skull you know i yeah. have to tell people that like wow you made a skull knife no i made a knife that kind of looks like a skull um and that that was completely secondary and, and after i designed it it was actually ryan johnson that said hey man if you turn this thing upside down and put a nose it looks like a skull i'm like holy crap you're right Completely secondary. That was all after we had already done design. I was about to say, like, no intention whatsoever. Like, no, no. none. It was just beautiful. It, yeah. it turned out that way. <laughs> See, it, sometimes things just come together, like, come together in the most beautiful way. And you, and you can't even, like, you can't even say, you know what? Totally thought about that the whole time. Like, no, <laughs> no, no, that was, that was the, like, yeah. furthest thing from my mind at the time, probably. Right. So, right, right. No, you're right. So. But yeah. So I mean, and and of course it's it's done well. I've I've seen tons of people post about it, and and you know it's a fantastic design. So Thanks. I mean that's something to be proud of. Yeah, so. I'm pretty happy with it. We're, we're I'm pretty pretty happy about See, it. See, always chill. You're always chill, no matter what. <laughs> Stay the same. So and and that's fantastic. And 
and I can't wait to see what else you guys have. So, um, you know, I mean, we're, we kind of got here to the end, you know, well, that was fast. I, I was about to say, like, <laughs> it doesn't even feel like we've been talking for that long and yeah. here we are. But I mean, you know, kind of here at the end though, um, you obviously support a, a lot of organizations. So I, I of course want to give you the time, you know, if people want to find some of the organizations you're partnered with or, or part of, um, how how can they find some of those? Just a few. You don't have to name them all because we'd um, probably be here for another three hours. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I work for the I, – I invite everyone to explore the continual work and, and service that our 43rd Commander-in-Chief is still doing today. You know what I mean? So go to bushcenter.org if you can. Um, look at the book uh, the, the he, of, of the paintings that he's done recently. Yes. Um, it's a fundraiser. Um, it's called Portraits of Courage, and it's now a traveling exhibit. Uh, it was at the Bush Center for about six, seven months. But now uh, currently it's in Midland, Texas, and it's going to be in San Antonio here shortly. Um, and a few of the, so just, just Google Portraits of Courage or go to bushcenter.org. You can learn everything you can about it. Uh, look at the, you know, I guys mentioned I'm the Executive Ambassador of the Greenberry Foundation, just explore our work. You know, really just go to greenberryfoundation.org. Um, and also uh, the other one where I have, a, I have a formal position on, as far as nonprofits go, is Global War on Terror Memorial Foundation, uh, gwotmf.org. Uh, go ahead and check it out and see what we're doing um, and see how you can help spread the mission, uh, increase awareness. Um, because, uh, yeah, we did get the, you know, we got, we got through the, uh, the legislation, Portion, which I, I I think was probably the most intimidating. Uh, we got it through in, in like seven months, uh, which blew me away. Yeah, I was about to say. That's very, uh, yeah, that's the, fast track. Uh, they the, the 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 guys we had on Capitol Hill that were pushing it. Uh, man, uh, they killed it. I'm amazed uh, at how well they did. Um, you know, check that out and um, go on sierraktia.com. Check out the Fortify Work Program, um, or just find me on Facebook and you know I share all kinds of stuff. So yes, <laughs> that'll work that way. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and and the Twitface or Twitter. Or, yeah, yeah, Twitface. yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, and and for those of you who are, who are looking for him on Instagram, it's at uh, Monsters Dad M O N S T E R Z D A D. Yeah, I got three sons, and since my first one was born, I called him a monster, and it just kind of worked out that way. Man. Exactly. And um, and you know, for for those of you who are listening in today, uh, he's he's expecting it, it's your first grandson, right? Yes. Are, yeah. Are, yeah. It's yeah, a grandson, my, right? It's a grandson. Yeah. Okay. It's, good. That's all we have in boys in the family. It seems like I feel bad for my wife sometimes. <laughs> you know, uh, except on Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, because then she she gets spoiled. Exactly. Know, so. so <laughs> Um, and, and for those of you listening at home, he's, he's expecting very soon to be, to be a grandfather. And, and of course we all, um, I know I, I share the views of the, of the guys back at, uh, Lalo Pro, uh, proper, obviously I'm getting tongue tied today. Um, at Lalo proper and, and we wish you, you guys the very best and, and your son, the very best and, and their you. new little family. So, and so excited and, and and hopefully we'll have you on here you know sometime soon here in the future and we'll, we'll yeah, talk sure. some more definitely yeah. sounds like a great idea man all right so and for those of you all who are listening today make sure you take the time to you know rate like comment give some stars give some feedback we love that we solicit that regularly <clears throat> and uh make sure to to catch us next time on Lalo tactical presents whiskey tango Foxtrot.